Welcome to the Cracking Cybersecurity Podcast. I'm Anna, editor at TICE. And on this episode, we are commemorating Ada Lovelace Day, which happens on the second Tuesday of every October to celebrate the achievements of women in STEM careers. That's science, technology, engineering and mathematics. And was created in memory of Ada Lovelace, the first computer programmer. However, it's also at these moments in time when we should take note that women make up just 23% of the STEM industry's workforce. What's more, just last week, a leading male scientist presented a talk at CERN, the European Organization for Nuclear Research in Geneva, claiming that physics was invented and built by men. It's not by invitation. Proof that there's still a way to go to achieve equality in the workplace and to change certain attitudes. So what can be done about this? How can we encourage more girls to consider STEM careers? Do organisations need to change the way they recruit? If so, how can they do so? To discuss these questions on the podcast, we are joined by Sarah Atkinson, Vice President at CA Technologies. Remember, I'll be back at the end of the podcast with a cyber tip of the week. But for now, here is Sarah in response to my question. Why are there still so few women in cybersecurity? lack of diversity in cybersecurity um, is actually quite a broad problem and when you look at the issue I think you need to look at it from classroom to boardroom and I think you need to look at the different points uh, perhaps 0 to 16, 16 to 22 and then in the workplace and look at what's happening to dissuade talent from first of all studying the right subjects and then going into more detail perhaps at a university level and then actually going into the workplace and following up and taking those those jobs and those career paths so I think there's different sort of challenges at at each um, at each juncture Um, so if you look first of all um, let's say zero to 16 I think there are a number of challenges that we see that the first one is is definitely a gender stereotyping this is not particularly seen as a career Um, or a study for girls, unfortunately. We all have unconscious bias, every single one of us. And the challenge is to recognise that and look at how that perhaps alters our behaviours and the way that we talk as a parent to our own children, the way that teachers interact with young people, um, and also broader society. You know, there are very few role models, strong female role models in the industry today who are inspiring and turning young girls on to what a fantastic and exciting career they could have in something like cybersecurity. So I think there's a whole bunch of stuff there that happens um, at that age group. And then also, um, when you look at the lack of schools that are actually offering computer science at GCSE level, you know, there's a whole piece of work there that needs to be done to actually get people in the right stream of education. But then if you fast forward to the workplace, um, I think more and more companies are getting switched on to the importance of diversity and what a fundamental difference that can make to the bottom line. If you if you look at some of the McKinsey research that shows organisations who have diverse teams, gender diverse teams, are 15% more successful, bottom line. 
So it's something that you can no longer afford to ignore if you're a board or a leadership team. This is going to make a, you know, an impact to your bottom line. Let's go back to age zero. Is something happening with the education system? Are you seeing the right moves being made? Definitely. I think that there is an overall recognition, first of all, that something needs to be done. So that in itself is a major step forward. I think that there are a lot of great initiatives that are going on, both sort of government uh, and and in industry but the key thing is for us to do a better job of working together and something like the Gatsby benchmarks which were introduced I think about a year ago now actually put the onus on education and schools to do things like introduce work experience for children and to partner better with industry because if you're a young person today thinking about what you might want to do, you need exposure to industry. You need to imagine and understand what the future jobs are going to be of tomorrow. You're obviously successful in your field and you're leading the way. Did you face many roadblocks because of your gender? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, thankfully, uh, nothing specifically but but definitely there are moments when you look around the room and you think wow I'm the only female um, on this leadership team and I guess it takes a lot of resilience and determination to um, to overcome that but also I think you can be a catalyst for change as well and I think you have the opportunity to influence um, and drive that change as well through your own behaviours and kind of calling it into question. Uh, But I think at the end of the day, it's not just about the females doing that. I think it's about our male counterparts doing that as well. And I think it's absolutely critical to have um, support from both genders to drive that change longer term. Uh, The smart leaders candidly recognise it and are doing something to address it here and now. Um, And that's what we need to sort of encourage more of. And again, we need actually more role models of male leaders who are showing the way about how they're driving that diversity in their businesses Um, and I think that ends up being a catalyst for other male leaders who look around and go wow you know I I need to to do this. Is there an example of when you yourself have received um, support from a a male advocate and it's worked well and it's been sort of an example of how things should be done? Actually, uh, my, my colleague has a, a great example of, uh, of that, actually. Um, and I think unco- our unconscious bias training that we've been rolling out at CA has been really, really powerful. And I think for a lot of our male leaders, it's been a real eye-opener to think, hmm, hang on a minute, I'm having a good look in the mirror here. How many females, how much diverse talent have I recruited in my career? And, you know, for some of them who are quite comfortable with that self-awareness, suddenly went, actually, wow, I'm, I'm, I haven't been. And I, there hasn't really been a conscious reason why I haven't done that. But maybe I haven't been pushing back on the recruitment teams and saying, hang on a minute, I need you to go into the market further and find me uh, great talent. Um, and so one, one example in particular was a, a gentleman who was leading one of our security um, teams in Europe and actually I think in the past six months has gone ahead and out of a team of five he's actually now got three women and that was a deliberate outcome of just going through unconscious bias training helping him come to some level of self-realization about the importance of that um, so yeah it's 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 not that easy always but um, I think it's it's just one example so tell me more about the unconscious bias training 
Yeah, so um, we've been rolling it out at CA to all of our um, 2,000 employees in the past year. And basically what it does is it really just shows examples of bias, if you like, um, whether it's through, let's say, advertising or society. And it just really helps people understand it's okay to have bias. We all have bias dependent on your upbringing, where you've lived, your, you know, your society, your family, their value set. Um, but the key thing is to, first of all, recognise it, acknowledge it, and then realise how that impacts your behaviours, your language. How do you talk to people? How do you respond to certain things? When you see certain images, how do you feel about that? Um, and then, um, obviously, one course in itself is certainly not going to save the day here. This is the beginning of a journey to really continually check yourself and ask yourself, why am I making that decision? Is that, do I have any bias behind it which is influencing me or am I actually making that decision based on the facts and figures I have in front of me? And from, the, from you know, at school, say, for instance, to, to give girls more confidence... How should we change our language? Do you think, would you like to see any changes in place? Yes, indeed. So I think it's everything in terms of, you know, obviously young boys are encouraged to be noisy and take risks and run around and get dirty, whereas sometimes we're more protective towards our daughters in, in the context of, oh, well, you know, don't put yourself in any danger, don't try anything new, maybe that's not for you. And, and it is done out of love and it is done out of wanting our children to be happy and fulfilled in whatever they go on and study or do in their careers. We see that, that sometimes parents are the ones that need to be educated and informed about the fantastic opportunities that are available to their daughters. And one programme in particular at CA we've been running is called um, uh, People Like Me. And it's, it's specifically designed to put young, successful women role models in front of young girls so sort of 11 to 15 year olds who we're targeting so what we've done is we've run a workshop we've invited our own employees to bring their daughters in uh we've gone through the uh, the program and we've shown them all of the jo exciting jobs that exist that perhaps they didn't even know about um we've shown them real women who are in those roles and they may have lots of hobbies and interests and you know, interested in different things but I've got a great career in technology and what we're finding is that the girls are responding really well to that but interestingly so are the parents because they can see that their daughters can have fantastic careers in these areas that they probably may not have even heard of the jobs themselves. Can other girls become part of this? So it's actually a nationwide initiative which was launched by um, a not-for-profit called The Wise Campaign. And uh, CA was the founding sponsor of this programme. We have a very ambitious goal to reach 200,000 um, young girls aged between 11 and 15 uh, to get them involved in this project. We're actually moving it online so that teachers will be able to download this as a lesson plan and there will also be an app that the girls can engage with um, and, and go through and see all the role models and do the kind of fun quiz that's sort of behind it all. And what skills make a uh, good cyber security employee? Yes, um, and that's a great point. And I think that 
actually the soft skills are probably equally as important as the hard skills. So obviously all of the foundational coding and understanding that the technology um, background, but I think a good societal understanding, you know, where would you use cybersecurity? How would you use it? How would it be misused? Uh, probably as important, really. Um, so teamwork, problem solving, uh, being good at communicating, articulating, um, all super important um, values and skill sets that, that have to go alongside the core skills um, around cybersecurity. And what other changes would you like to see in place? Obviously, there's a lot happening, but what would you like to see? Well, I think we need to continue to focus on those very specific areas. So obviously the, the stereotyping, the, the, the more access to computer science, GCSE in schools. Um, I think we've got some fantastic initiatives in place around careers counselling, the People Might Me programme that we talked about. So all of that really needs to continue. But I think when you get to the workplace, um, I think we still could benefit from some very specific um, quotas, some goals. Um, I think if you look back to World Economic Forum earlier this year and gender pay gap in particular, they said something like, if we don't have goals in place, it's going to take something like 217 years for true gender parity. So I do think at some point, somewhere, uh, we need to continue and we need to get really serious about quotas. A big thank you to Sarah. And now for our cyber tip of the week. If you have a camera on your PC or your laptop, cover it with tape. You never know who is watching you. That's all we have time for this week. Do subscribe to our podcast series and follow us on Twitter at Tice for more cyber security features and news. Well, it's bye from us for now. Until next time. Bye.